Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. What's up, y'all? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. This week on Right Now-ish, Jamal Love. He's a lot of things. He's an actor who played the role of Kofi in the 2019 film The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh, shit. This that house? Hmm. Hey, Jimmy used to talk about this spot all the time. He's also a rapper. Under the name 10 Millie Millie, He's dropped a few songs, some like the braggadocious pull up. Others like the introspective track, Deserve. When the news broke that Jamal had been framed by the police and falsely convicted of murder, a lot of people became familiar with his story. It was a case that led to him spending over six years in prison. The case was overturned in 2015, and he was awarded a multi-million dollar settlement with the SFPD. Now, he says he's mainly focused on music and acting, but currently taking a slight deviation from the arts in order to do some community work. Since March, he's been working with the team to get masks, hand sanitizer, and information out to folks in places that have been hit especially hard by the virus, and where proper supplies are hard to get, like the Bayview a neighborhood on the southeastern side of San Francisco where they have the most documented cases of COVID-19 in the whole city. He's also going into jails and prisons like San Quentin, where many people are living in fear of the disease, knowing that it's prone to spread to groups of people in close quarters. And it all started when he realized how hard it was to get hand sanitizer and masks for himself. He got proactive and he reached out to San Francisco's district attorney. I had Chase Boudin because he was one of the only city officials that I knew and to see it, did they have any type of plan to kind of like, you know, get sanitizer and face masks to the communities. That got him connected with UCSF's Science Policy Group, who was already working on a plan to get the goods to both underserved communities and incarcerated people in the area. The initial goal is to get 5,000 bottles of hand sanitizer throughout all the underserved communities in San Francisco and 5,000 face masks 
And then their agenda was to get bottles of hand sanitizer into all the jails and all the prisons, at least in Northern California. And that's what we've been up to. We're talking to Jamal True Love about leveraging star power in order to reach those in need. Stay tuned. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. You know, I talked to some of the people who've been working with you, and there's awesome photos of y'all in the lab doing the work, packaging this up. It, it stands out, man. Like, the first thing you see is you in this hoodie that says, it takes the hood to save the hood. Black man surrounded by a whole bunch of white folks bagging up hand sanitizer to hundreds, if not thousands of people. So what does it mean to do this work, like, in terms of knowing that what you're serving in, in the black community, you know? Well, I think it's real important to play a grassroots position in all of this coming from Project Housing in, in San Francisco, to be able to be that person on the front line to help with our communities and beyond. You know, they say every hood is the same, you know, just in a different location. So for me, it, it means a lot to be able to take my platform and my opportunities and relinquish it. Me being able to link with some scientists, which probably never would have been able to convey the same type of energy or message if they were to go just them into these neighborhoods. So me being able to be a face and me being able to communicate in a way that people understand is real key. You're essentially coming through these neighborhoods where you've established trust. And on top of that, they know your story. They've seen you on the screen. They've seen you in the streets. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, a lot of how we operate in communities is built on trust, and especially in the black community. When you're out there on the streets or when you're out in, even in the prisons, how are people responding to you? Bring us in, man. What's it like to walk into Folsom or San Quentin right now? Well, I've, they're not letting us actually in. Okay. You know, they're swinging us around the side uh, and just kind of like dropping off the bottles and getting it to them. Obviously, we would have loved to go inside and kind of like see. But, I mean, look, I lived in those prisons, man, and it ain't no good. It's a health hazard all the way through, especially in San Quentin, especially in Old Folsom. And it, it's like at least they could do was have accepted this hand sanitizer. And, I, you know, we appreciate that they even accepted it because there's some jails and prisons who haven't accepted it. You know, we're hoping that they change their mind. But I do get phone calls from cats that's, you know, that, that's in Quentin and also in Folsom, like, right on, bruh. Now, I mean, good looking. You really doing it, you know, you doing it for us. You understand, like, living in a situation, so forth and so on. So I've been getting a lot of phone calls and thank yous from people on the inside. Mask and gloves, hella necessary. Like, duh, you need that. Um, but you said the institutions themselves are just health hazards waiting to happen. 
Uh, attention needs to be shown on the prison system and the jail system right now when it comes down to testing and also the sheriffs making sure that they're getting tested too and releasing people that has anything less than two years however that needs to happen and, and focus on it not becoming a bigger issue in these jails and prisons right uh, just specifically about your work and what you're doing right now, both in terms of the activism and the art, it's almost like you're in the role of a role model. Yeah, but like, you know, like the great Tupac said, I don't want to be a role model because a role model plays a role. I want to be a real model. I remember being in those projects, you know, not really caring about my life, you know, having nihilism in my blood where I didn't care if I died or if I had to shoot somebody, you know, then that, that's something that I had to do because I had no option and I had no resources. The projects in the hood is a scary place, man, a scary place. So I want to be able to use my platform and my image to show kids and the youth that's coming up in these communities, and even people my age, that you too can change. You know, you too can rise above. At, at what point in your life did you become like interested in politics or even community activism? I've been into politics ever since the World Trade Center got hit. Yeah? Yep. I've been in politics yeah. watching the news and just being aware. I was actually in Juvenile Hall when it happened and they had us locked down where they then I was gonna leave us. They said if something happened in San Francisco, then they were just gonna dart out. And that's when I started paying attention to the news a whole lot. And then I started learning about who this president was and all of these different things. I'm like, whoa, like, I thought this person was really cool, but then turned to find out that this person ain't cool. And then it just ended up being something that I just found a lot of interest in. Yeah, and then from there, you said it's just been growing, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's just been growing. So from there, and then watching the whole war play out, you know, under George Bush, and just understanding, you know, Hurricane and Katrina, and all of these different significant things that was happening where ultimately I felt like, and a lot of our communities felt like there wasn't enough, and that's why I'm focusing on, you know, um, the underserved communities here in San Francisco. Knowing you got that, like, mindset, that philosophy and approach to interacting with people, what's your game plan for the long haul? Do you see yourself involved in politics even further? I mean, I don't know. I ain't no telling what the future brings. I'm building my career right now in film and still, you know, trying to live my dream in music. But politics is, is close to me because I love trying to help out the people at the end of the day. Thank you to Jamal Trulove for sharing your time, your energy, your story with myself and the larger community. You all can follow his work on Instagram at Jamal Trulove. That's True Love with T-R-U, no E-L-O-V-E. And be on the lookout for more music and film from Jamal and his production company, True Narrative. Thank you to the Right Nowish team for making this happen. Ashley Ann Krigbaum, the producer extraordinaire. Our editor, Jessica Plachik. The higher-ups at KQED, that's Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. Before you go, I have a simple ask of you. Whatever platform you're listening to this show on, there's a little button that allows you to share this. Click it. Send it to a friend. 
and then you can rest assured that you've done your part to support Right Nowish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thank you all. Peace. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.